Do you ever have somebody tell you, just follow your heart? And when somebody said that to you, did you feel little butterflies in your stomach? Because oftentimes, we don't really know where our heart is going. The Bible says that our heart is deceitful, deceptive. Who can understand it? We've all made choices in our, heart, in our lives where we thought it was the right way. We had the emotions, we had the thoughts. We decided to follow our heart. Those were in the days when we didn't have God. And everybody in this world follows their heart based on the whims and the passions of the world, the flesh and the devil, what you see on TV, what you see on the news, what you see through Hollywood. It's a sad, sad experience to follow our heart based after these things that do not satisfy that bring emptiness and a hollowness to our life. But we're encouraged to follow our heart. I've followed my heart on several occasions. But you know what? My heart took me to places where I did not think I was going. See, our hearts weren't, weren't created to be followed. We're not followers. They were created to be led. Christ comes down into our brokenness and our sin and our shame and our condemnation. And he says, listen, I've seen you travailing, wandering through this life. You need somebody to lead you because it seems like you're in the dark. And you've been stumbling and you've been falling and you've been weak. And you can't seem to find a break because you've been following your heart. But your heart is wrong. Your heart is leads you to places where you do not want to go. If in your life you always got everything that you wanted, where would your life be right now? We need God to take over our heart. Like Ezekiel 36 says, we're in the business of telling people that your heart won't give you happiness. Don't follow your heart. Follow the Lord. The Bible says, let not your hearts be troubled. And then after that, it doesn't say, believe in your hearts. It says, believe in God and believe in the one whom he has sent. Our whole belief system is bound up in a living God, a creator, that desires to infuse us in our hearts and change us to change our passions, change our desires, change our focus, change our direction, to bring us back into a relationship with Him. It's why we were created. It's why we have purpose on this life. We were created to be led by God and have His heart infused in our heart. The same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead desires to dwell in you and lead you and guide you. Isn't that amazing? But so often we trust our heart and we're not led by the heart of God. Back uh, several decades ago, young people used to turn to their parents, to their teachers, and to their elders for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Now, young people turn to other young people. 
It's the blind leading the blind, amen? <laughs> what God is telling, to, to, telling us today is when you go to the world and you live your life based on a system and a pattern and a model of this world, you are letting a blind person lead you. Not only lead you, you are letting that person blindfold you and you are putting your faith and trust in a system, in patterns, in a world and its desires that will lead you ultimately to death. It will lead you to selfishness, it will lead you to misery, and it will lead you ultimately to death. Jesus Christ has come to give us a new heart. Back in the day, when everybody was working hard, the big question was, hey, how's your back? For many today, it's, they ask me that question and others, how's your back? Big question this day is, how's your heart, right? Heart issues are a big, big thing. Our heart is protected. We have rib cage here. My heart is somewhere in here. Protected. It's interesting, though. Your heart, your spiritual heart, your inner person, your personality, your mind, your will, your emotions, you have no other protection than the presence of God in your heart and life. Your heart is wide open for attack. What God wants to do with our hearts as Christians is to build this protection around it so that we are protected. The Bible says, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. Are you letting God protect your heart from going down roads that will bring heartache and pain and isolation and misery? The heart is very, very important. We love people that have heart, don't we? And man, we love and serve a God that has heart. He saw our condition, and he said, this can't be. You take Adam and Eve in the garden. The Bible says that God came down, and they heard him rustling around, and they heard his voice. Many think it was a pre-incarnate visitation of Jesus Christ himself. But they had this opportunity. Their hearts were completely focused on the wonder and the splendor, the majesty and the glory of all of creation, all of God's character, all of God's nature, everything that God is, 100%, they were able to receive and take part in. Isn't that awesome? They were able to understand the very heart of God as they walked in the garden alone. Sin came. And all of a sudden, they're focused on God, his character, his nature, his wonder, his amazement, his greatness, and his goodness was turned where? Right here. I'm naked. Isn't that something? And ever since then, we've been caught up with this fascination of the body. Sexuality runs rampant in our society, in, our, in the movies, in film, politics. We're coming into this crazy insanity 
of coming up definitions of sexuality. I believe there's 73 definitions of sexuality. Do you understand that God has two? You're a male or you're a female, amen? <laughs> I'm a simple guy and I like simple things. And I love the word of God. It says you are a male or you, or you are a female. And if there are questions of identity, it's a spiritual situation. It's not a sexual situation. Your heart is broken and you need it to be led to the cross where you come in contact again with a creator that has formed you and fashioned you to experience his presence and experience the glory of God. Get your focus off your body. Get your focus back on the wonder and the splendor and the beauty of his majesty. You know, it's interesting. We are called now the body of Christ. Isn't it cool? We are the body of Christ. Now, let's face it. It's tough to not focus on your body because you've got to look in the mirror and present yourself. <laughs> got to take a shower. You got to do the order. Who took a shower today? Who didn't take a shower? Okay, all right. Ed, you didn't take a shower? Wow. Hey, you know what's funny is um, for a little while while our kids were young and when I was growing up, showers were Saturday night before church, right? Saturday nights before church. Get your smelly backside in there and take care of yourself. <laughs> Praise God. But man, here's the thing about your heart now. We are the body of Christ. We get our eyes off of our body. See, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they had a world consciousness. The body speaks of this world consciousness. We have, we have, a, uh, we have a mouth, we speak, we hear, we feel, we touch, and we smell. And in creation, can you imagine those senses? How fantastic they must have been to see to smell the fragrance of the garden, to touch and to behold his splendor, his creative juices and all that the things that he had, right? So our body speaks of this world consciousness. Because sin came in, our bodies, our flesh are geared towards the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Those three things Jesus comes into our life and breaks it and snaps it, refocuses our heart back to the beauty of knowing him, living in his purposes, and living for the glory of God. So our body's world conscious. Then it comes into our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. In our soul, we understand that we're self-conscious, Right? How many have weird thoughts about you and your body, right? You know, they did a survey of uh, college kids. They picked ugly kids, and they picked pretty kids. And they asked them questions about their body. Do you know that the pretty, 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 pretty girls were the ones that wanted to change the most? Because they had this ideal of perfection, this ideal of beauty that was given amongst the world. Let's cast that thinking from our, from our, from our minds, amen? 
See, the Bible says that God took the ashes, the dust of the ground, breathed into it the breath of life, which was his spirit, and man became a living soul, a mind, a will, and emotions. When sin came into the world, our mind, our will, and emotions were tainted and directed to the prince and the power of the air and the, and the, and the world's whims and its desires and its passions. Jesus came in the dark of night, committed a rescue mission to win us back from the kingdom of darkness, transfer us into the kingdom of his light. So now our heart is not, it's not geared towards the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. It's geared towards the life of the spirit of God within us now. And we're free. Amen? We're free. This passage of scripture is a beautiful passage of scripture. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 12 says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials. I am suffering for you, so you should, be, you should feel honored. Because of Christ and our faith in him, that we can come boldly and confidently now into the presence of God. Do you know that so many people feel ashamed, feel that they have to measure up to a certain standard and level of living before they can even come to God. Isn't that amazing? When God came all the way down here to say, I'm with you, I'm for you, I died for you, I have a life and a, and a plan of action for your life. We still think that we have to measure up in some fashion or way to receive his love. See, the thing is, once his love comes, comes in, there's a standard that we have to live by. Now that we know the holiness and the righteousness of God and we serve him, we stay holy, we stay right because we love God. Amen. We love him. and We don't want to break his heart by sinning and having our heart go after the passions of this world. All right, let's keep reading. I pray that from your glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Wow. Inner, glorious, unlimited resources. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. What do you need from the Lord today? Because you can receive it and walk out that door and be changed forever and ever and ever. It says right in his word, unlimited, glorious resources to empower you to live for Christ today. Is there a sin? Stop it. Is there bitterness? Get over it. The thing about Christ, when we, when we take him into our heart, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Here it is. No loss committed against us or to us, and no cross that we have to bear will strip us of the love of God. Isn't that something? So bring on the losses. Bring on the crosses. I know that my life is hidden with Christ in God and he will never ever forsake me. He will never ever leave me. And my desire is to, to go after the very heart of God. Then Christ will make his home in your heart and you will trust him. Wow. You ever have somebody over your house, you let him in and they don't leave. They feel very, very at home. 
and you bring your wife into the kitchen and you're like, how in the world are we going to get this guy out of here? What are we going to do? I know, we can yell fire. No, we can't. <laughs> Listen, sometimes we do that with Christ. We say we want Christ to come into our heart, but when you say that to him, he's the guy that comes in and doesn't ever, ever leave. <laughs> See? We spend most of our time in being transformed to welcome him into our house, to make him feel at home by growing in his grace, growing in his love, having our heart transformed by the power of God to receive all the things that he has for us. We don't receive it naturally. By natural man, we receive it by the spiritual, by the spirit of God speaking to us. Your heart will make a home for the Savior. And your heart will no longer be deceived, will no longer be dark. But you will truly, truly understand the ways and the will of God. You'll understand your life and times are in his hands. There's nothing that can break you or shake you because he has you. Where's your heart? There's a great story of the Pope. He had to have a heart transplant. I don't know if you've heard this story. But he gathered everybody in the, in the Vatican. And everybody was so concerned about the Pope. And they said, a cry came out amongst the people. Take my heart. You know, because they're Italian. Take my heart. Take my heart. Take my heart. Take my heart, right? So the Pope came up with a fantastic idea. He said, what I will do is I will take this feather and I will launch it out over the Vatican City. And whoever the feather lands on, I will take his heart. People cried out again, take my heart. Take my heart. And the feather went out. And it's coming down closer and closer. Still the people were saying, take my heart, take my heart. As it came closer and closer, they were saying, take my heart. Take my heart. Take my heart. Right? Isn't it true? Let's face it. Let's be real. Don't we do that with God? God, take my heart. Take my heart. Quest, the quest for Steel City Church and each of you individually for my life and the body of Christ here is... That when we say, Christ, take my heart. We allow him to come in, in every area of our heart, to change us and to transform us. He who knew no sin became sin for you, that you might be the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God now dwells in you. And you know what happens when you have the righteousness of God? you have the right choiceness of God. Now you have the ability to make the right choice. You're not obligated to your sin nature. You have the very spirit of God to make the right choice when it comes to living for God and being all that you can be for him. Live for his glory. To give him your heart. 
sin is such a devastating thing. Adam and Eve experienced being separated from God and cast out of the beautiful garden that they once enjoyed so richly and so deeply. Can you imagine their hearts, their thoughts? We forsook the God that we love. And now we're cast out. But Jesus said, I'm going to win back your heart. And I'm going to set you free. I'm going to wash you from your sins. I'm going to come in with my Holy Spirit. And I'm going to be the change that you need to live for me with everything that you have. Ah, Lord, take of my heart. Take of my heart. There might be people today that are just bound up in not being able to love, not being able to give. This is a sign of, of sin. There's a blockage in your heart and in your life. You're not open to just love people the way you should, to give the way you should, to share the way you should. And there's things that come up in your mind and your heart that, that create little roots of, of bitterness and things rise up, right? Jesus wants to come up and start plowing all those roots up and plant a new dose of his spirit within your life. Set you free from these things that bring bondage. Amen? Bill Sullivan always has said, you can't hurt a dead person. Right? Can't hurt a dead person. The Bible says that we are dead to sin, but alive to God. And if we're dead to sin, sin will not have an effect on us because of the life of God that lives within us. Here's the thing. We're all living with the consequences of our sin, no doubt. But God will see us through, and God will be on our side, and God's glory will be resident within us as we give him our heart. How do you give him your heart? Like I said today in worship, we think big, great, awesome thoughts of God. Right? Isn't it true that the one that you love, you're always thinking about, right? Stephanie, when she was in love with me, her mind was consumed. <laughs> she's still in love with me, by the way. Yeah, she's still in love. I hope. Are you still? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, God. But look, when she was in love with me, her mind was consumed with my face and who I was, my characteristics, and all that I, I was. And she was just love, calling me all the time and stuff like that, writing letters, you know. And I actually begged her to marry me, so that's the picture. That's the story. But look, when you love somebody, your thoughts will be consumed with great, big, wonderful thoughts. And it will generate emotions. And your will will follow your mind and your emotions to the, the point of uh, destination where that love will be fulfilled and satisfied. Many of you have your heart and mind on yourself. Problems, situations, circumstances. I want to I say something to you. I want to ask you this question. Are you saved? 
and do you know him? Are you a believer and you know him? Let's not play games. Let's make this decision without doubt that you are born again and you're striving for God. You're loving God and your heart is changed and transformed. Be saved. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25. And of course, we're going to read some other verses too, okay? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25. Listen to this. Verse 23, there were many priests under the old system, for death prevented them from remaining in office. Darn it. Okay, they died. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. You know, he's seated at the right hand of God, interceding for you right now, praying that you're going to make it, that he loves you, that you'll open his, your heart to him today. Therefore, verse 25, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him and to save to the uttermost. Isn't that awesome? To save you. I would like every believer walks out this door to make a recommitment to this wonderful verse that God has saved you. Live for him. Every unbeliever today that has not made that commitment to Christ, where are you going to go? Where's your heart taking you? Make the decision now to serve Christ and experience this salvation that is so freeing and so real and so alive. Once again, we're free to experience the majesty and the splendor of God, full vision of who God is in his glory and splendor. We felt it here today, didn't we, as we worshiped? Believer, recommit your heart to Christ. Live for him. Make the choices that show that you are a disciple and a follower of Christ. Amen? Unbeliever, stop messing around. Now is the day of salvation. Make the choice. Come to Christ. He's reaching out to change you, transform you by his power. Take my heart, Lord Jesus. It's a powerful word of prayer. God, we love you because we know all of us were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were children of wrath, children of disobedience. We were outside the scope of your family, outside the scope of your touch, of your presence, but you searched us out and you came to us and you loved us and you broke down every obstacle and barrier that we lifted up to stop your love and you came and you loved us. Man, it feels good. We were headed in the wrong direction and our heart was being deceived at every decision almost, Lord. We pray, oh God, that we would make this decision Believer or unbeliever today to finally 
Make a decision to serve you with all of our heart. Give you our heart. Live for the glory of God. Cast aside deception. Cast aside the darkness. And come into this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful revelation of who you are in a greater and fresh way. Lord, as we spend some time worshiping you now today, show us areas of our heart where we're saying, how can I get this God out of here? And we'll make him comfortable in our hearts as we worship him today. Lord Jesus, come in, take over, and be our God. Be the God of our hearts today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.